Well, happy Hope Day, everyone, and welcome back to Life Works Better with Coach Mel. And, of course, hostess Clarissa. Yes. I like the roll of the R. Yes. Clarissa. Clarissa. I got you. All right. Well, yeah. We, we are we are multicultural here, so. Yeah, we're trying to be anyway. <laughs> yes. Hope everyone's doing well today. We are sipping on some Principio uh, coffee and tea. I have some iced coffee today. Yes, and um, it's, uh, it, it's an experiment. It's an experiment. Yes, and uh, this was made from a coffee concentrate okay. that we are experimenting with in Principio Kitchens. <laughs> and something that can be placed Principio in a bottle. Kitchens? Yes. I like it. And so all you would need to do is just put, instead of putting... Uh, a tablespoon or a scoop of your coffee, you know, in to, to brew it, okay. or your K cup in. Mm-hmm. You just pour one tablespoon of this concentrate into a cup of uh, hot water, okay, or in uh, oat milk or whatever you'd like, mm-hmm. and so it's like the quickest. And so we're Look we're we're trying it. It's very good. Now, and what's what's in your drink there is uh, as as no sweetener. I can tell no sweetener at I, all. I like a little extra sugar, but it's not like it would be if you if you just don't have any sugar at all. Yes, it's it's a very good flavor for me. It it it's amazing how the different ways that you uh, can uh, I don't want to say cook coffee, but mm-hmm. the ways that you can prepare coffee. That's uh, uh, it's a very versatile seed, and so it's like uh, any other food. Just like there are a lot of ways you can cook vegetables, lots of ways you can cook meat, and you can prepare it, and, and a lot of ways you can process it. And this is from a different Just process here. Yeah, I, I like it. It's very, um, it's mild to me, mm-hmm. um, but I, I like it. And plus, I'm an oat milk girl. I, yes. I don't really like a lot of dairy, so um, I say go for it. Yes, and this is uh, actually one pound of coffee to produce uh, two cups of concentrate. Really? A pound of coffee for two cups of concentrate. That's correct. And so that's why you can put a tablespoon of this. Right. So don't don't be uh, don't be main veining <laughs> mm-hmm. any of this stuff here. <laughs> this, this, is, this is really good. I say try it. I say go ahead and go for it. I mean, is there a way that we can get some of this to someone to try? Um, maybe if they inbox you or or uh, email you, maybe one or two people, maybe. Yes, yeah. Just just uh, if you want to, if you want to give this a try, we'll figure out some way for it to happen. To uh, just send it to uh, principiocoffee at gmail dot com. I love it. So principiocoffee at gmail dot com. Yeah, and then let Coach Mail know what you think about it. Yes. Yeah, give us some yes. input on it. I like it. It's a two thumbs up for me. All right. So I think it's great. Um, you know, we really had a great podcast last week. Yes, we did. And as a matter of fact, uh, I think that our guest, uh, James Harris, he he, uh, he must have had a good time because here he is again this morning. I think so. so. And he's smiling and everything. <laughs> so he made it through the first podcast. I, I, I did. I did. I did. Yes. It, and was, it was good. I, I got a lot of comments from my audience of, of people that follow me on Facebook, and I posted it there. I gave it to some friends. Uh, and I got two two thumbs up from 
almost everybody. All right. Oh, yeah. You did an amazing job. It was yes. good. The information was great about Carver Jones Market. Uh, just really great. Uh, and I think we're going to learn some things uh, from you today. Maybe James the man. Huh? Yeah. Yes. I, <laughs> I've never been called that before. James the man. <laughs> okay. We, we have this, we're having this conversation off the air, and, and that's the way it happens every week with this podcast. Every week. Every we're week. talking, and all of a sudden someone will say, hey, we need to be recording this. <laughs> It's like, hey, the, the wind is moving in the trees. This time. <laughs> the winds of change are blowing. <laughs> it's time to get this going. That's but, right, yeah. Uh, James mentioned a word uh, in our conversation that, that really stood out to me, and uh, the word nerd in me really set up straight. Yeah, your ears kind of Yes, yes, they did. <laughs> and uh, so we talk about uh, people. Uh, we talk about, you know, movements. And that's what we're doing right now in, in this series. We're talking about the, the power and, uh, of story and that life works better with story. And so we've been talking about the story of the ecclesia, that is uh, the, the body of Christ. Those ecclesia from the Greek word meaning called out ones. Uh, Jesus said that there were going to be people who, who would, would hear his voice and would would come out of where they were and come to a new place because of what they had heard. And that's the ecclesia. So we've been talking about the story of the ecclesia, not to be confused with the history of the church. History of the church is, uh, is just the story of buildings and property and people and politics and everything else that goes on. But there, there's also the story of the ecclesia. Yes. And... Uh, I just I just remember this uh, from the time that I was uh, just a young man, probably a child, hearing this in a sermon, that when God really wants to accomplish something and when God wants to bring a solution, he always chooses a person. Now, that person may lead to a movement and may lead to something greater, but it, everything always begins with a person. Just like all of creation, all of mankind began with a person. That was Adam. The new person in the kingdom the one new man, it became because of a person. God wanted to change things in a big way, so he sent a person, the person of Jesus Christ. And whenever we figure out what it is that our person is to do and the purpose of our person in the kingdom and in the world, that's the day that we really begin to live out our calling. And so James used this word, and and I think it's a very good one, and we talk about uh, uh, visionaries. We talk about revolutionaries, people that have a vision about something or people that start a revolution about a certain thing or a certain movement. But a word that I really liked was a solutionary. That is a person who has a solution. Mm-hmm. And, and James, I, I certainly think that, uh, that you are uh, a solutionary. Well, thank you. I think that too. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, it is, uh, I, I understand this, uh, as, as we've both lived long enough to understand that there's always another story behind the story, <laughs> that being a solutionary isn't always the easy thing to do. No, uh, not at all. Yes. And, and so uh, maybe we could just, uh, again, this is, uh, this is for, for you, for your, for your vision, uh, for your solution, and what you feel like God's called you to. So uh, maybe you could just start talking about what, it, uh, what it's felt like to you to, to actually understand and begin to realize that God has a solution that he wants to bring through you 
and that you will be a solutionary. You know, I, I think uh, even back in my childhood, um, I started, uh, I'm talking seven and eight years old, uh, I had some encounters with God in supernatural ways. And so it, I had a paradigm, if you would, uh, to believe God for great things uh, because I saw him um, as a big God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that kind of built a, a basis for my walk. Um, I've always been a visionary, a person that uh, uh, my wife would, would say uh, flies about 35,000 feet most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> the landscape looks a lot smaller when you're up that high, <laughs> and problems don't look as big. But um, it also has been for me a uh, understanding that if I understand even the smallest amount of how big our God is and be able to dream with him, then it takes certain things off the table in terms of looking for answers. One is there's nothing impossible with God, Mm -hmm. and there's no place that's God-forsaken. So with those two things in mind, you're able to look through his lens and begin to allow your mind and heart to dream with God. And um, this particular uh, thing uh, that we're doing, uh, addressing the food issue in these communities, um, has been a, a long journey. And, and I say long journey because I started in grocery business when I was 15 years old. It started out as a job to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, grew and worked in every department pretty much in the, in the entire grocery industry. I've worked in manufacturing. I've worked in, of course, retail, and I worked in wholesale. So I had a, mm. a, a different perspective of the industry. And I can tell you there's no shortage of food. Okay, so that's not the problem. But there's many problems from the supply line to the end result that really created issues. And the motivation to go after this, okay? And for me, it started with me asking God something. As I looked at some of the landscape and saw what people were doing and how it was being addressed, um, even in my own life, my mom, we counted on, we never had food stamps. This is in Houston, not in Louisiana. That's, this is before my mom passed away. Uh, our family was, we had five kids and only one bread you know, winter, there was only one person, my dad working. And, um, you know, so we, we never had enough. We, we were surviving, not living. Mm. And, um, so my story starts with, I have not just sympathy for people in these places, but empathy because I've been there, you know, I understand the plight. So the question I asked God was, isn't there a better way? And so that started me on the journey of discovering different ways to approach this problem. And then another thing happened, and this, this was my why. And, and I'm going to try to get through it without tears, okay? <laughs> okay. Well, but I, I can make no promises. That's okay. okay. Well, it, it, it's a, this, this is, isn't a no-cry zone, so okay. Okay. just go ahead. Right. Um, when I saw the landscape of the problem, 
it seemed like a community and a people that um, nobody wanted. Nobody wanted to to pay the price to go after. Mm. And so I said, God, I want them. If nobody else wants them, I want them. I, I can love them. I can represent you in that place. I'm willing to pay the price. And so um, that was my why. That's what kept me going. We started this organization in 2007. It was 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and um, all along the way of journey, the journey with God, what I've understood is he is not concerned about the destination. He knows he's going to get you there, but he has to develop in you um, what is needed and necessary to carry his heart in the solution, not just solving a problem. He loves people. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, there's no one, no one that is beyond God's love and his concern. And so I knew um, it was going to be costly, um, personally. Um, and by default, my wife was and family was going to have to be involved. Fortunate enough, my, my kids are grown, and they've been, you know, they, they, they're living their own life. They're a great, a great man. I've got two sons and uh, now four grandchildren and, you know, two wonderful daughter-in-laws and, um, but, um, you know, it, it's been costly, mm-hmm. you know, but God is good and, um, he loves people. So to carry that message, um, not in just words, mm-hmm. but deeds. In other words, um, I think it was Francis of Assisi said, you know, preach the gospel all the time. Use words only if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yes. um, People, the <coughs> adjective that we hear, and you know the, the saying we hear in business is, people don't know how much you care until <laughs> until you show them. You yes. know, uh, they don't care how much you know until yes. they know nope. how much you care. Yes, and so the caring comes first, and uh, showing the love of God in practical ways where people can grasp it, not understand it, just grasp the concept that somebody cares about them. And they're willing to come. This is not, I repeat, not. Um, it's you do make money. You have to to survive, but and to stay alive and and continue to do what you do. But that's not the end game. Mm-hmm. You can make a lot more return on your investment and many other things. But if you only measure it by money, then um, this is not for you. You know, Jane, I have a question for sure. you, uh, James. This is an odd question, but we do odd things. Well, yes, we do. Podcast. So how did you keep your why from either killing you or destroying you? Yeah, that's a, that's a heck of a question to ask. <laughs> well, throughout Scripture, um, <clears throat> you see this example throughout Scripture. When God calls a person, and, and that's what it was for me, I had to get away from the mindset of a career mm-hmm. into the mindset of a calling. Mm-hmm. And you don't, mm-hmm. 
walk away from a calling. You may want to, and trust me, there's plenty of times I wanted to. But God was so gracious to put people around me that I remember one of my friends, his, his name is Roger Hansen, and just a very wise, godly man. He and his wife has supported us beyond belief. <laughs> but um, I went to him one day, and I said, Roger, I said, I need to know how to get out of this thing. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm tired. I'm, you know, I'm ready to give up, you know, and, <laughs> and this, this, and this. And he just listened to me, and he only had one reply. He said, well, don't you have to ask God about that? <laughs> I go, and I had, of all the people I could call, I had to call you. <laughs> and there was no other words. He didn't, he didn't answer. You know, he didn't proceed with other understandings. And see, he just kind of hung it out there. <laughs> Half God said. <laughs> In other words, what has God said? Well, and, and, and I think, Chris, to answer your question really just plainly, um, is you have to return and keep in, in foresight. It's not about you. It's about him. It's all about him. And if when you look at Jesus and his life, his purpose was to come to seek and save those which were lost, Mm -hmm. to heal the blind, the brokenhearted, to set free the captives. Well, you got an enemy out there. Mm -hmm. And some of these communities, he's literally owned for generations. And so you, you must realize that there's a price. There's a battle. And for us, um, our organization, we've got about a hundred prayer intercessors that has lifted us up this entire time. So, yeah, that's something that uh, I remember when I first met you seven years ago, over yeah. seven years ago now. That's one thing that, that uh, I always saw as being uh, very important to you uh, because you, you would say from time to time, uh, I, I, need to, I need to let our intercessors know about this. Yes. And I need to, I need to check with our intercessors and see what they're sensing <laughs> yes. as they're praying. And uh, speaking of, of intercessors and praying and harvests, my alarm just went off on my phone, and okay. it's 10.02 okay. here in Birmingham now. And for years, I've had my alarm set at 10.02 a.m., and we pray in obedience to Luke chapter 10, verse 2, where Jesus said to, to pray to the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into that harvest. Yes. And so, uh, James, I just feel your heart on this, and this is literally – a harvest field yes and you're wanting to take the harvest to the harvest absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so uh i would love for you just to pray right now oh absolutely on this podcast uh for for labors and for labors to come and help you and with you and even beyond you so if you would just lead us in prayer and knowing that we're being obedient to the lord of the harvest even as we pray at this time amen well papa you are god yes. and there is no other There's none greater than you. You know where your harvesters are. Mm. You know the fields are white unto harvest. And so, Lord, even in this time as we pray, we know that your heart through these words are going out into the ears of of people. Mm. And it's it's people you work through. It is people that co-labors with you. It is 
people that come alongside and move and love, but move people to from one thing to the next thing, but they are examples of your love to them in tangible ways. And so, Father, right now, you know what every community needs. You know what every individual in that community needs. And so, Lord, we just ask to move on the hearts of your people. It is your people, Lord, that puts in the sickle and brings in the Mm. harvest. And I can, I know your heart right now is to increase the workers to go out into the fields and bring in the harvest that you are going to receive for the glory and majesty of Jesus, that his blood that he gave freely on Calvary for every person on the planet to receive. He wants none lost. And this is that time of great harvest. Awaken us, awaken our hearts, awaken our spirits to get into the field. Roll up our sleeves and step into what you're doing in this very hour on planet Earth. To the glory of Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Whoo. Amen. It's powerful. <laughs> Thank you, James. You're and I want to invite all of our listeners to join us, if you would, to set your alarm on your phone or wherever uh, at 10.02. And again, that's to remind us to be obedient to Luke chapter 10, verse 2. And our goal for this prayer movement is, you know, there are 24 uh, time zones all around the world. And our goal is to keep sharing this and spreading this so that, that every hour at 10.02 in every time zone, that prayer is going up. That's cool. For the Lord of the harvest to Amen. send labors into that harvest. Amen. So I just want to invite all of our listeners and especially all of our guest listeners, just like we have a guest <laughs> uh, person here with us. Uh, we have uh, we have guest uh, listeners and uh, invite them to do that also. So uh, you mentioned about uh, the harvest and uh, going into the harvest and that it was uh, an area that uh, had been overlooked or that seemed that no one wanted. And uh, we we tend to get excited about solutions, uh, quote-unquote, that uh, that treat symptoms because when you attempt to treat a symptom – uh, you can see a, 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 a you know some change quickly when you're just treating a symptom. Mm-hmm. You know you've got uh, uh, you've got cold feet, uh, and sometimes for a lot of different reasons. But sometimes your feet get cold, and so you treat the symptom by just trying to you know heat them up, put on some some socks, or put something warm around it, a heating pad or something. But uh, many times there's another problem with that. It could be circulation is bad. Uh, there could be, uh, you know, other, uh, could be some nerve damage. Mm-hmm. So, it, but in order to, to really treat the problem, to find the solution, uh, it's, it's much more involved. Absolutely. It takes more time and more investment. And that's kind of what I'm hearing. We've, we've attempted to, to treat the symptom of, uh, of nutrition and, and the disconnected uh, portion of our society, disconnected from health, 
because we're disconnected from nutrition, because we're disconnected from profits, all those things. And so I, I see you as a, as a connector and that the solution here is, is to make a connection. And I love what you're doing here. And so you, you, you had mentioned something about uh, the working together of a for-profit and a non-profit. Yes. And then you also have, uh, have government uh, people that are in government yeah. issues that are involved here. Yes. So again, I, I really think that that's part of the, the solutionary that you are is in bringing together these things. So maybe you could address a little bit where the, uh, where the nonprofit side comes in here. Sure, sure. Uh, our nonprofit organization um, has been in, started in 2008. And it was named by an outsider that just gave the name Harvest. Uh, we were doing um, kind of a roundtable session uh, with one of the big charities. Um, and I was just sitting at that table and I was asked, what do you want to do? And, and food was what I, that's what I know, okay? Um, and so we started talking about that. He said, well, let's just name it Harvest for the best, you know, so we can identify on the board <laughs> who you are. <laughs> and it stuck. And so. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it kind of led us down a road of trying different uh, solutions or programs to um, go after this problem. But over the course of time, what we've learned is the problem is multifaceted. And so there's no one solution that's going to fix all the problems. And so there must be multiple ways, including the ways that are being, it's being addressed right now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, one of those things that we wanted to do is whatever we did, it represented the kingdom of God. And so um, that took some things off the table that we refused to get involved in. We didn't want to, I'm not making a bagging on anybody, but we didn't want to use out-of-date food. We didn't want to use discarded food. We didn't, uh, we wanted things um, that we ourselves would eat. And so the, the, the standard was, if we would need it and serve it to our family, why would we give it to another right, family right. to serve to theirs, another person to serve their families? Mm. And so that became the standard of what we would do. And so we tried, as you know, Melvin, quite a few things uh, to be able to go after that. I tried and, some of those with you. Yes, you did. <laughs> and, and they really did work just, they worked fine. And some of those <clears throat> are still going on That's exactly in an effective right. way in certain Absolutely. areas. Yes. Absolutely. So every program or these different methods that we use some of them we kept mm -hmm. and some of them we said long term this it, it works okay for right now mm -hmm. but the the thing i asked most of the food pantries and we worked with this southern baptist which has about 3500 churches across the state of alabama and so we used them as a um ally a partner to be able to connect with the people in the community because that's who that's where they are mm -hmm. and they're there to serve the community. So Harvest Community Charities is a support organization in this arena. Uh, we took a lot of other things off the table. We said, we're just going to do food because if we do this well, it would free other organizations that does multiple things to do other things. And so if we were bringing a solution to this problem, it would 
help resources be used more effectively mm-hmm. because food is an ongoing issue. You know, you don't just fix it. You know, you've you got to fix it or address it in such a way that brings a holistic approach to it. Okay. Yeah. Cause we're kind of used to consuming food pretty That's regularly. Right. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> the type of food and quality of food, all those things, um, go into play. Right. Last night I did a research because I wanted the most up to date statistics off of, you know, from those organizations that report these things to just monitor the health of a particular state and how that that related to their diet. And Alabama has always been in the top 10. It has graduated, if you could, or degressed to number two. Number two. As far as the health. Food-related diseases. Food-related diseases. Yes. There's yes. only one state. I, I, I hesitate to ask the other one. It's not even that, that important because. <laughs> well, you would think it would probably be Mississippi, but it's not. Number one is actually Kentucky. Oh, wow. And then West Virginia is third. Yes. And so. So what I'm hearing here, James, is that is that. uh there, there's isn't just one particular part of the country, or even necessarily one certain type of person. I mean, it's uh, it, it's uh, everywhere that that the things have been overlooked uh, that would be sustainable. This problem is just going to be there. It's almost like <clears throat> if you if you don't uh, if you don't pull the weeds, they're going to grow by themselves. That's right. We have they to don't plant. need fertilizer to no. grow. Yes, <laughs> they just grow <laughs> systemically by themselves. Yes. Yes. You know. in volume. Yeah, in volume. <laughs> yeah, and, and they must be removed if you're going to plant a good crop yes. and harvest. Uh, so, the the other thing about Alabama mm-hmm. is that it's also one of the in the top 10 poor states in the nation so you couple those three those two items together and so you got poor people eating poorly and so it leads to all of the the you know diabetes heart disease you know hypertension all those kinds of things mm. that makes our body less um it, get, it takes away the ability to fight off other diseases because we're we got these things that we got to use. So you mentioned how does HCC or Harvest Community Charities works with uh, Carver Jones, yeah, for instance. Which, which is a for-profit Which is a for-profit business. Profit right, business. Which I, that's right. Which I personally, I think that's brilliant because it needs to be sustainable. That's right. Yes. That's right. And and not just dependent upon, upon someone's uh, willingness to give. Yes. But, uh, but a system that's set up so that that it can be sustainable. Yes. And, um, you know, we do this, uh, I call it the big three. Okay. Uh, the first one is working with the government officials and all the things I'm talking about is done on the front end. Uh, before we build that grocery store, we've done the market study. We've done, you know, those things to know that we need to go to step two. Okay. Uh, and that the store itself would be a sustainable long-term. Is there enough people and do they have enough money to support the store? And that's, that's the first thing we look at. And you use government out. statistics there and, and well, uh, we actually have a outside agency that's in that works with our supplier, a grocery supplier that does that data okay. because they need to screen it through their lens. 
because they're, you know, we're partnering together. We're their customer and they want us to succeed. Okay. You don't want a vendor doesn't want to sell you groceries. You buy one day and then next week you're out of business. And so long-term stability finances, how Mm -hmm. you set up all those kind of things in addition to the sustainability of the location. And so that's done first. Okay. Then the second step is to, this is all done. This, this first step is done by our for-profit company. Okay. We address, we go to the city officials and we, we looked at ways to how can we partner together? It's not all us and none of them. Okay. So it's a partnership. They need to tax dollars and revenue that that store can generate. Okay. That's one. Secondly, when they're in food deserts, they have no way to supply food or get food to their constituents in their community. So those, those people are going outside of that community, taking tax dollars that that city needs to fund its infrastructure out. Mm-hmm. And in this case, in Alabama, that's most cities is 4%. Okay. So we said, okay, we're going to bring this to you if these things work out, but we want your partnership over, we'll do the math, but let's say it's five years that you're going to refund 2% of your tax intake, uh, sales tax intake back to us to help offset our startup cost. Um, You're not getting anything now. Okay. So, uh, grocery stores do not pay sales tax. They collect sales tax. So that 2% goes directly to the bottom line. Okay. So it's okay. based on the percentage of sales. Okay. The better the store does, the better the city does. You know, it's, it's a volume thing. The next two pieces, uh, well, let me back up. The other piece that we do with city officials is address this tri- uh, crime statistics in that particular area to see what we're dealing with, you know. Theft is a, it's a given, okay? You're going to have that. You can't eliminate it, but you can mitigate it. And much of that is done by the way the store is set up. And, and when I mean set up, I mean layout. Uh-huh. Uh, so those high-ticket items that you, which is, in this case, meats, that's the number one theft item in these communities. We don't sell tobacco. We don't sell alcohol. So those things come off the table. They are smaller gross profit numbers anyway, so you got higher inventory dollars and smaller returns. Let's not do that. So we don't do that. Plus, there's just health reasons there. Yeah, also I mean, it's, it's kind involved. of counterintuitive of yes. where you're going after. And people with those vices are, are buying them now. They're going to find a place to buy them later. Okay, so that's that's a non-issue. We don't we don't deal with that. So those are things that we we address from our for-profit side of the business because we're talking a language that that is directly tied to the store, okay? The next two items, which are very, very important, are done through the charity, HCC. We want the community to be engaged in what the store is going to do. And so, uh, like Fairfield, we've already met with and will continue to meet with the closer we get to opening of the store and, and get their buy-in. Every retailer needs that, okay? They, they want the community's buy-in. In other words, whatever you've been doing before, we want you to stop doing that and shop this store. The uh, problem with that, and, and particularly is true in these communities, is they never give them way in. They never ask their opinion. You know, so you're asking people to buy into what you did, but you never ask them what they wanted. Right. 
okay? And it's also an opportunity for us to tell them about the style of store and the product variety in the store and teach a little bit about why we're different than your average retailer. We, I said in the last session, uh, variety, mm-hmm. 35,000 bus per uh, 2,500 items. We're 2,500. A typical grocery store is 2,500 to 35,000 items. All that variety um, doesn't, add to the affordability that these neighborhoods, the problem they have. So mm-hmm. it's good quality product. Uh, majority of the center of the store, canned goods and package items like that, dry goods, are going to be what we call private label. The customer is very wise to that right now, and they know the value that it carries, and it doesn't mean a diminish of quality of product. Mm-hmm. But you can get more of that product than you can a name brand. And so that well, makes it affordable. James, I, you, you mentioned something, and, and I know where our time is well spent. Um, well, I'm, I'm okay for us. Let's continue on. As, I mean, as, as, as long as our listeners don't quit us. I'm <laughs> I think they're hanging in there. I can, <laughs> I can see them hanging on. Yes. But um, you mentioned something about uh, the food. Yes. And sometimes, um, and I don't want to name the stores, but okay. you see – more of certain stores, smaller stores that are yellow and black writing <laughs> that are in certain areas. Um, but they'll have the same item, but it'll, it'll be significantly smaller, mm-hmm. but more expensive. Yes. So what can we expect uh, with Carver Jones? I mean, will we have the same, uh, it would be a, a, a standard size. Right. And what's the, the, the cost? I mean, what, what are we looking at here as far yeah. as the cost for these items? Yeah. Um, first of all, all of the product is 100% guaranteed. Okay. So if people don't like it, um, they don't pay for it. One of the things that we will do with these community leaders and whoever they want to bring to the store is we're going to send them home with groceries because we want them their buy-in. Okay. Uh, uh, but it's not. You're absolutely correct, Chris. Uh, as things have gotten more expensive, uh, people and in, in the initial time, like I said, I've, I've been in manufacturing, okay, so I understand what the first thing to do was reduce the size so that uh, the retail price could basically stay close to the same, mm-hmm. but um, people are not idiots. They see the package is smaller or the can size has been decreased. This is not that, okay? Wow. So uh, that's the, the thing. We, we don't play those games. I mean, uh, this supplier is one of the largest suppliers in the nation. But its platform is on a co-op system, which means the owners of the grocery stores own the warehouse. And so we had to buy shares uh, as a retailer, a company, to get into the be allowed to purchase product. Okay. So the buy-in of the community, uh, seeking them for their way-in, is the thing that's done through the charity because that's an ongoing relationship, and we want them to work with them. The second one, and this is most powerful to me, is seeking the relationships with churches in the community. And you can see why we would want to do that through the charity because it can stay very flexible in that um, but there are programs, uh, for instance, for, for the grocery store, we will not do printed and mail out advertising. 
which most retailers, that's, you know, anywhere from a half to 1% of your sales. We will do everything digital on a digital platform and people will be able to pick up an ad in the store if they want. So they'll be, they have access to the ad through their phones or computers because it's on the website. Okay. And so we're taking that money that we would normally spend in that advertising category and we spend it in a different way. And so the charities real responsibility is partnering with the churches and faith-based organizations within the community uh, that provide food for people. And I could go into that a lot deeper of why that's so important, but let me just say it this way, just to suffice. Again, you said, you heard me say my goal is fresh, nutritious food to everyone. So even if you're on food stamps, which probably 50% of our sales in this particular market will be food stamps. Mm-hmm. Uh, food stamps goes through the register just like any other dollar. It just doesn't have tax. You don't, you don't charge taxes on it uh, because it's a government-based program. So, But their dollar in the grocery store goes farther. But because they are partnering with a face-based organization, we have a program that will be run through and administered by the charity called the power of you. So for 1% of all the sales uh, that is done in that community state, that money stays in the community and it goes back to those partners. So if they're spending $500 a month, we're going to match their $500 through the charity. We're giving the money to the charity, donating it to the charity, but it comes back as gift cards back to the grocery store. Mm, okay. That accomplished two things. Number one, they buy fresh, nutritious food. If they're on food stamps, there's things that they can buy with those gift cards that they cannot buy. Yes, with, personal care that's items, right. paper that, products. That, absolutely. Diapers. Diapers, wipes, wipes all those okay. kinds of things. So, James, I'm just thinking about the last seven years. I'm, I'm seeing uh, – when you and I were working together on some of these things, some of the roadblocks that we hit, yes, I'm seeing that you have those things included in here. And yes, I, tell you, I mean I'm I, I want to go shopping there today. I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've tested every one of these programs. We got about four, and um, you heard me say not every. There's no one civil bullet to solve right. all the problems, so you have to have multiple tools. This works within a five mile radius of the grocery store. That's the community that we're working with if it's in the case and that in this case that covers all Fairfield okay so that's a that's a good thing okay Um, but it allows the stress that's going on pantries that exists now not to have that anymore now they can administer to the person not just the need and so through the charity we have organizations that teach them how to engage people okay you can't do that through some f- programs, food programs that's out there right now because some of the things is you can't require anything of people and you can't evangelize. So if you're a church and that's one of the things you want to see people um, come to the Lord and live their best life that he created them for, you can't really engage in conversation like that because it's against the it's against the yes. things there. Okay. Well, uh, I tell you, uh, James, 
uh, I think that this thing needs to be a trilogy. Are, are you available <laughs> next week? I am for anybody that wants to listen. I, well, I, I am. Clarissa, right? how are you feeling about that? Let's, I, I feel great about it because would, the more people are informed, mm-hmm. the more it gets us, you know, revved up to see what we can do to be a part. Yes. And well, I and think, that's the whole that's the yeah. whole idea. Uh, you heard me say this last time. We're not doing this for people. Mm-hmm. We're doing this with people. Right. They have a part to play in the storyline. And if they don't shop the store, it won't survive. It's just as simple as all that. Yes. You know, and, uh, but if they don't have voice in it, they don't feel like they belong. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, James, I'm, I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing you more as a solutionary (laughs) in that you've, you've taken, uh, solutions to specific areas, uh, that would, uh, that would meet a need for a period of time, but just wasn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And it didn't fit into a, what we would call a holistic approach. That's right. That's and right. Uh, I, I really I really appreciate what you've done and yeah. what you are doing. And yeah. uh, some of this that you were talking about, just being more involved in the community and having more relationship and building relationships. Uh, you and I have already talked about the coaching package and sure. where we're going to be able to partner with you and offer coaching to these Absolutely. young leaders and also to members of the community. Absolutely. Uh, and so I, I'm excited about that part of the, of the well, connection. Well, let's, let's be honest. If we're going to see life change, that has to come out of relationship. So yes. there must be a vehicle that allows people to connect. Mm-hmm. And um, on, on a personal level, not just on a, I'm teaching you, I'm going for those people. Um, we don't need any turkey people here. And what I mean by a turkey person uh, people feel good about making a donation of a turkey every year. And they come across, uh, I heard someone in the community actually say this. And so um, I, they said, it's not about us, it's about them. Mm. Now, we take the turkeys. We're no fools. We take the turkeys. But people go back into their communities, and they never think about us again until next year. Right. And so... Um, we're not, we're looking for partners that carries God's heart, not just resources. Uh, that's very important to know. And um, I am not, I am, this is a God thing, okay? Yeah. And I'm not special. I'm just called, I'm just working my assignment. I'm just doing my calling. Yes. And everybody's got, a, got one, you know, so. Yes. All right. And that's, uh, that's really the story of the ecclesia. Yes. And this is a great example of, of uh, God calling someone and being a part of the, the body of Christ in an active way, and that it it, it isn't bound by just denominational lines yes. or ties, or or any uh, division in any way. That's right. Uh, all right. Well, a solutionary, uh, and you know, I'm just thinking here that. Uh, God's not going to just gift one person with that and not someone else. So I want to challenge all of our listeners. uh, To what problem are you the solutionary in God's plan? That's right. Words to think about. Yes. I love it. These have been so thought-provoking and uh, very informative. And being able to understand the history of James and, and Carver Jones Market and 
and all of the things that goes into that. Uh, I'm really excited about this, the trilogy. Yes, we're going to have another one. We yeah, got, we're going to we one more in. We're going to do this again, and uh, <laughs> yes. And James, I really appreciate your flexibility, and because I asked if you had time to come in and do one with us, and you said yes, and then it was two, now it's three, and. So did we ask him if he was available next week? I, I, yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. I just want to yes. make sure. I did. But <laughs> yes, I, he did. I, I, I kicked him in the shin just before right. I yes, asked he him. Did. <laughs> I didn't think it was an optional. No, I didn't either. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Be sure to share this uh, podcast out with your network of friends, and we'll see you back here next week.